You're listening to the British GT Fan Show. This show is for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, redistributed or used in any other form without permission. For more information about this, please visit our website www.bgtfshow.co.uk or contact us via our social media at bgtfshow. Hello and welcome to the British GT Fan Show. Coming up on this episode, we've got a roundup of all the latest news, an update on the British GT Esports series, and we also have a special guest announcement. The British GT Fan Show is hosted by Sarah Smith, alongside resident British GT expert Nicholas Smith. everyone and welcome to another episode of the British GT Fan Show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Nick. And this episode we've got a roundup of the news for you as well as a look at the British GT Esports Championship as well as a bit of a sneak preview for those of you listening as we're going to tell you early who our next special guest episode is going to be with. Isn't that right? It is. It is, and we've uh, we've got someone quite interesting coming up, actually. Someone that not a lot of people know a lot about. But you will by the end of the next guest special. So let's get straight into it and start off with the news. And Nick, you're going first. I am. And our first piece of news is that we're not going to have TF Sport in British GT in 2021 as it stands at the moment. TheAdvantage.org, which is a website dedicated, uh, as you might guess from the name, to Aston Martin racing cars and teams, reported in the middle of the month that multiple championship winning team TF Sport will not return to the Intelligent Money British GT Championship in 2021. The Aston Martin V8 Vantage AMR GT4s, which took back-to-back championships in 2019 and 2020, are now for sale on racecarsdirect.com. So if we can all have a whip around and buy a GT4 car. We interrupted team owner, or, or more pr- precisely, I interrupted team owner Tom Ferrier while testing the Suffolk-based squad's new Orica 07 Gibson LMP2 car, which they'll be using in a full-season campaign in the European Le Mans series uh, as racing team Turkey with Sally Yulluk. Uh, got, I got confirmation that at the moment, the team have no programmes planned in British GT this year. Uh, spoke about some of the reasons with, with Tom Ferrier. Um, basically, there was a lack of demand in, in GT4. Uh, the phone just hasn't been ringing, uh, which has prompted the, the, the team to, to look to part with the cars. Uh, there are some discussions being had in GT3, but no programmes are, are confirmed at the moment, and time is running out to get a full-season campaign off the ground. It does mean that 2021 could be the first year since 2013 when no TF Sport Aston Martin has graced the British GT grid. So next up, we move from a team who may be conspicuous by their absence this year to a team that are making uh, a welcome return, or more specifically, uh, a programme making a welcome return. 
Um, and that is the news that Katie Milner, Michael Ben-Yahir, Harry Hayek and Alan Valente will finally get to join the British GT4 category after a year on hold due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The quartet were due to share two Tolman Motorsport McLaren 570S GT4 machines during the 2020 season, but the compressed calendar caused McLaren to put their driver development program on hold as it wouldn't be possible to fit in all of the planned training and support into the shortened season. On the 1st of March, the news broke that the McLaren driver development program would finally get their season in GT4 Silver Cup uh, with the Intelligent Money British GT Championship returning to action at Brands Hatch in May. The big change for the program, however, is the team running the cars. Warwickshire-based Tolman Motorsport won't be responsible for running the programme this year, as they have since the McLaren 570S debuted at the Snetterton 300 circuit for the 2016 Media Day. Instead, that honour and privilege is going to nearby neighbours, Team Rocket RJN, who are based in Didcot, who will be running the programme with two full-season entries. The co-owner of Team Rocket RJN, Chris Buncombe, told BritishGT.com, that announcing our involvement with the McLaren Driver Development Programme is a fantastic way to begin our second season as a McLaren customer racing team. We're also looking forward to expanding into the Intelligent Money British GT Championships GT4 class following a hugely successful debut campaign with the McLaren 720S GT3, which powered James Baldwin and Michael O'Brien to third place in Silver Cup standings. With the 2021 season on track to get underway in late spring, we're confident that our highly talented young drivers will be a force to be reckoned with in the McLaren 570S GT4. Also returning in 2021 is the 2019 Pro-Am champions in the GT4 category. Kelvin Fletcher and Martin Plowman will finally get the chance to show their might in GT3 machinery after a year's hiatus brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. The duo who claimed the top spot in the Pro-Am class of GT4 with Beach Dean AMR finally get to contest the top category at the wheel of a Bentley Continental GT3, of course run by JRM. The announcement also confirms the return of Bentley to the category after Team Parker Racing switched to Porsche for the new season. The news brings a number of confirmed brands in GT3 to six, with Aston Martin, Lamborghini, McLaren, Mercedes-AMG and Porsche also confirmed to be taking part. Also returning for 2021 is Speedworks Motorsport, campaigners of the first Toyota GR Supra GT4 to race in the British GT Championship. The team who also run Toyota Gazoo Racing UK's Quick Fit British Touring Car Championship campaign with the Toyota Corollas also confirmed a new young driver programme for the brand, which will focus on developing GPT racing talent. Now, no names have been announced yet, but members of the programme will not only benefit from Speedworks' extensive experience, but also from access to Toyota Gazoo Racing Europe's facilities, where the manufacturers Toyota GR010 Le Mans Hypercar and Toyota Yaris GRWRC programmes are run, along with all the experience from the now defunct Toyota Formula One programme. Now, we'd already counted on Toyota when we reviewed our projected entry list last episode, and the confirmation of a car coming in from Speedworks does bring the number of confirmed GT4 manufacturers to five currently. And the second round of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is in the books after the teams and drivers contested 12 hours on the gruelling airfield circuit at Sebring. The Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring, presented by Advanced Auto Parts, 
saw a podium finish for the only top-class entry with British GT links, the Mazda Motorsports Mazda RT24P DPI of Oliver Jarvis, Harry Tinknell and Jonathan Bomarito, the British GT link being that the car is run by Multimatic Motorsports. The next car with British GT interest were the pair of Corvette Racing uh, Chevrolet Corvette C8Rs in the GTLM class, Tommy Milner, Nick Tandy and Alexander Sims, two of the three having raced in British GT, took fifth in class behind teammates Antonio Garcia, Jordan Taylor, and we now know, thanks to Mr. Hornsby, British GT alumni, Nicky Katzberg in fourth. In GTD, the highest placed British GT car was the heart of racing entered Aston Martin V8 Vantage AMR GT3, with Ian James, Roman DeAngelis, and our very own Ross Gunn, who took the final step of the podium. In LMP3, the best-placed British GT driver was Matt Bell, racing for Wynn Autosport in the Duquesne D08, who claimed six in class with teammates Rodrigo Sales and Nicholas Cluton. As with the Rolex 24 at Daytona, there was no British GT interest in LMP2. Which brings us nicely to our last piece of news and our next feature for the episode. And that's all related to the esports side of things. So after six seasons of the British GT Esports Championship under the care of the Online Racing Association, the SRO has decided to bring the championship in-house. Uh, this news, which was announced just after our last episode, shucks, is already now old with two races of the new season already in the books. Now, with the launch of the SRO's official racing game, Assetto Corsa Competizione, and the arrival of the British GT Pack DLC, which adds in the British circuits missing from the original game, which we did cover in a previous episode, so feel free to uh, familiarise yourself with that if you haven't already. Uh, the time is now right for the series to move on to PC and into the official care of the Real World Series organisers. The calendar is made up of five rounds, uh, started at Alton Park and Snetton's just gone, and we've still got Brands Hatch, Silverstone and Donington Park to go. And the new multi-class function of the game, which was also introduced with the British GT pack, has given the organisers a chance to offer separate championships for both real-world and sim racing drivers. Um, now, real-world drivers and teams enter the GT3 category, where 20 drivers will contest each race, and teams are free to substitute drivers at different rounds. The GT4 class is being populated by sim racers, where for on Park, the top two from each eligible manufacturer in a hot lap qualifying format are invited to represent their brands in the first round. And then from then on, the top 10 finishers are automatically entered to the next round and the next 10 competitors qualify again via a hot lap qualifying session. Now, to make things sweeter for the sim racers, SRO's partner Fanatec have offered up a prize bundle of a Club Sport Formula V2 wheel, the podium wheelbase DD1 and the Club Sport pedals V3, which is worth around €2,000, which will be awarded to the GT4 champion at the end of the year. Now, I'm not going to lie, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me as I'm not a sim racer. Nick, you've got a little bit more experience of... uh, doing the virtual laps um so do you want to just throw in your opinion as to the prize bundle we are talking about the bentley of steering wheel setups here um 
I I race on a fairly cheap Thrustmaster, which is good. Um, this Fanatec setup, I mean, all metal construction, direct drive, so decent force feedback, interchangeable wheels as well. So the the, steer, the steering wheel that's being offered here um, is a is a Formula One style wheel with all the, the the hand grips and all the all the controls on it. You can also get one that is an exact replica of the steering wheel from a Porsche uh, Carrera Cup car, for example, um, and you can get get them for other manufacturers as well. I believe they've also done one that is a replica of the steering wheel from the Corvette uh, uh, GTE car, um, but that's just off the top of my head. But we are talking, as we know, Mercedes, Bentley, BMW, they are the, the quality stuff in cars, and Alienware is the quality stuff in computers, and Fanatec is is the Alienware or the Mercedes-Benz of racing wheels. Hmm. I mean, I've seen, you know, don't get me wrong, I've seen some of the uh, sim rigs that have been set up from watching various things, um, especially kind of last year when the pandemic was in its stride and everyone was organising all sorts of things. And I know we sat down and watched a couple of races where there was everything from people on an Xbox controller to uh full simulator that was legendary wasn't it we had had a driver with a laptop and an xbox controller versus darren turner in the formula one simulator um i seem to recall the xbox controller was a formula one driver as well it it was was it um i want to say it's a villeneuve so do I, but I'd need to go back and, and <laughs> find it on the races YouTube channel to be sure. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was a Formula One driver racing on an Xbox controller, and then a uh, GT driver racing in a Formula One cockpit. So yeah, you know, even from my relative lack of experience, you know, it's it's a great prize. And but in addition to that. Both class champions also get entry into the GT World Challenge Europe eSports series and the GT4 winner will also get a VIP pass to a British GT round of their choice, COVID permitting. I'm Angus Fender, I'm a McLaren GT3 driver for Two Seas Motorsport and you're listening to the British GT Fans Show. So, let's now have a look at the races that have gone. Um, so first up, when we're looking, as we said, the first round is Alton Park, and that happened a couple of weeks ago now. Um, so let's take a look at the GT3 lineup, first of all, which, as we've said, are either team or real-world drivers related. There are some names on there that we definitely recognise. Uh, but what can you tell me, Nick, about some of the less obvious names? Um. Right, I mean, going through the first uh, the first few here, um, I mean, all of the team names um, have raced in British GT at least once before, with the exception of one. Uh, we're looking here at the number 68 car of Bobby Trundley. Uh, he's racing for Team Brit, uh, which stands for British Racing Injured Troops. Uh, they have diversified from, from just wounded warriors now, and they are working with, uh, drivers of, of various uh, either physical or, or learning disabilities. 
Bobby is an autistic driver. Um, so he was racing in the Aston Martin V8 Vantage AMR GT3, wearing Team Brit's uh, rapidly becoming iconic livery. Um, and the car looked amazing, and he drove really, really well. Um, Andrew Watson uh, of Garage 59, also in a Aston Martin. Um, he's been in and about GT racing for a very long time. And then Adam Morgan, we don't know from British GT, but we do know the team name from last episode. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Sicily Motorsport, who are entering GT4 this year uh, with a Mercedes. Um, obviously, because the real-world drivers are in GT3, not GT4, he had to step up a class to GT3. So lovely red Mercedes AMG GT3. Um, other names that you may not recognise, uh, we have... Morgan Short, uh, son of Martin Short of Roll Centre Racing, uh, racing a McLaren 720S GT3, which was wearing the livery of Martin Short's Momo-sponsored Mosler. A more iconic livery and car combination, very, very hard to find. It translated absolutely amazingly to the McLaren. It looks stunning. So Martin Short, if you are listening, you need to buy a McLaren and enter that livery into British GT. Okay. Uh, Jack Lemmer, obviously son of Mark Lemmer, who runs Barwell Motorsport, was in the 63 Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo for Barwell Motorsport. It'd be a bit silly if he wasn't, wouldn't it? Um, um, So, uh, yeah, he was the other one, the name that you may not necessarily recognise. I believe Jody Fannin has raced in British GT before. If he hasn't, Jody, here he has, he's racing GT4. Um, but uh, J&W Motorsport, of course, uh, very big in Ferrari and very big in GTE. Uh, they've done Le Mans pretty much every year that I've been watching it, and they've also entered a car into the GT3 category. Excellent. And, of course, you can find all the information um, about um, everything to do with the series on BritishGT.com including the qualifying results, uh, post-race run-through, and, of course, the all-important leaderboards. So let's move on to the GT4 uh, lineup for Alton Park now, which, of course, was qualified through hot laps. Um, Now, even though I'm not a massive, uh, you know, sim racing person, it's not something I've watched a lot of. there are still some names in there that I do recognise. Um, and I think it's probably fair to say that uh, this has captured some attention in the sim racing world. Yes, unfortunately. Um, now, I do wish British GT <laughs> all the success with this. But just going through team names here. Zansho Rocket Simsport, Door Esports, Uncroft Racing, Wenwelton Pro Team. BMW Motorsport Sim G2, Sidemax Motorsport. Um, there's another one in here that I reckon uh, a few that I recognise. Team Redline, Team ACR, and Yas Heat. These are teams that have been racing in all the big races, all the big sim sim races for absolutely years. The drivers are the fastest drivers you can find uh, uh, on the end of an internet connection. So it means that I'm a good three and a half, four seconds away at Alton Park, uh, a good 
probably about seven or eight minutes away at Snetterton because I cannot get my head around that circuit. Um, so I don't stand a chance at qualifying. I've I've got a strategy for for British GT, which is I'm going to spend most of the next month practicing Donington Park and just Donington Park in the hopes that I can get somewhere within the hope of getting a British GT fan show car on the grid for the final round. Um, but the names are big as well. Uh, Luca Burke, Jack McIntyre, Florian Haaser, Maritz Laura, Lorna, sorry, uh, Magic Malinowski, uh, Arthur Kammerer, Nils Nyox. I mean, Nils Nyox runs Red Bull's esports team. Uh, um, one of the hardest to pronounce names in sim racing, but also one of the very successful ones, is Michael Kan uh, Kundakyoglu. Uh, can you take a look at the number 56 car for me, please, the Alpine and pronounce the last name Sarah um yeah that's probably what I'd go with Kondakli Ogli yeah uh Igor Rodnikov uh Maxime Batafilier um there's one name in there which probably should be racing in GT3 rather than GT4 uh and that's William Tregertha uh because Will Tregertha is a pretty well established real world driver who I stood on the podium with at Simply Race at Milton Keynes on their opening night. Uh, yes, he beat me quite categorically, but my pro was pretty good as well. <laughs> but we're, we're talking huge names in, in sim racing. If you do watch sim racing, you'll know these guys. Yeah, I think the team that I'm probably rooting for in this just from pure... Safe house for me is Nesquik Speed. <laughs> I was going to say, let me guess the number 48 Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, I always have Nesquik in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> yes. It's worked well for me in the past. I'm not necessarily have the knowledge, but I'll pick something that... <laughs> appeals and they tend to do quite well so there you go i'm back in less quick speed see this is the way that motorsport sponsorship works it works in two ways it brings brands you don't know to you and it gains fans for a team by being sponsored by a brand you like (laughs) so let's have a chat now about alton park as itself as a race um and i think it's probably fair to say that it wasn't the cleanest race in the world (laughs) is it so do you want to just talk us briefly through uh kind of what happened during that race and then we'll uh move on from there how can i put this politely and in a way that's not going to cause mr hornsby to not give me an accreditation for this year i think a wwe fight would have been cleaner (laughs) There were a number of of fairly substantial incidents, some very poor driving standards um, at Alton Park. But there was also some absolutely amazing racing. Um, James Baldwin and Angus Fender were the front row of the grid. Angus Fender beating the apparently world's fastest gamer to the pole position. Um and basically, it was a race-long battle between them. Um, there was a little bit of rubbing his racing going on. Um, and in the end, the result in GT3 
the overall result in GT3 was decided by the race director and by the stewards um, because towards the end of the race, um, James Baldwin was judged to have been moving in the braking zone. Um, now, there was movement in the braking zone, but I've driven that circuit, I've driven that car at that circuit, and if he didn't move to the left, he wasn't making the corner. Um, but he moved in the braking zone, which caused, Ang- caused Angus Fender to have to avoid, which put Angus Fender across the grass. There was there then a little bit of bumping. This was a um, his lops. Uh, Angus went across the grass, and at Nickerbrook there was contact as well. Um, James Baldwin kept the place, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he was leading into into his lop, so he kept the place and built up a little bit of a lead in the dying minutes of the race, crossed the line, but was handed a 30-second penalty for moving in the braking zone in lieu of a drive-through, uh, which gave the win back to Angus Fender. So at the end of the first round of the championship, the world's fastest gamer was second in the championship. Um, sorry, James. I do hate to say it, but you're the world's fastest gamer. <laughs> We've got to use that if we can. Elsewhere in GT3, there was some very good racing, but there was also some absolutely appalling racing. Um, I take a, a, a situation, again, towards the end of the race, uh, after the pit stops, but you had um, Ryan Ratcliffe in the Team Parker Racing Porsche, uh, who was moving up the inside at Lakeside on Jack Lemmer in the Barwell Lamborghini. Um, Ryan lost control of the car, stepped out a bit, both went across the grass. And then young Mr. Lemmer just pulled out straight into the path of Tom Canning and caused a massive pileup. Elsewhere, there was bumping and grinding going on all all the way around, which caused a monumental shunt at Old Hall. Um, We're talking the sort of thing that would have red flagged a race meeting if it had been in real life. Um, But in GT4... It was astonishing. Now, we are talking about people that are obviously very experienced sim racers. And looking at the the timesheets, you'd say it was a boring race. Uh, Luca Burke started on pole um, with the Zan Show Rocket Sim Sport Porsche. Um, The two cars ran uh, 1-2. for, for quite a bit of the time with Jack McIntyre backing up his teammate and then jumping his teammate at the start. Um, and then Burke taking over the lead of the class after the pit stops. Uh, he had 8.5 seconds over Maciej Malinowski's um, Alpine and the BMW Motorsport Sim G2 eSports team BMW uh, of Nils Nyox. Um, particularly the race between Malinowski's Alpine and Nyok's BMW was, it was amazing. And it went on for the better part of an hour. And it was cut and thrust all the way around. Racing room asked for, racing room given. A lot of respect between the two drivers. It was good to see. 
Hi, I'm Michael O'Brien, professional racing driver for McLaren, and I'm delighted to be joining the guys on the British GT Fan Show. Go and check them out, and uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. So let's move on to Snetterton then, which took place uh, on the 28th of March. Dates just roll into one another. I had to think back then. When was Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, So looking at the GT3 entry list, first of all, um, as we said previously, um, in the GT3, uh, drivers can be substituted. And there were a few changes to the lineup uh, on there. So a few things that I can see. Uh, Nick, do you want to just summarise? Yeah. Um, first up, and I'm going off results here rather than um, the entry list, by the way. Uh, first up, uh, Liam McNeely stood in for Jamie Stanley in the Fox Motorsport McLaren. Uh, meanwhile, Ross Gunn substituted for Johnny Adam in the Beach Dean AMR number 98. Um, Jack Lemmer was still in in the championship. Uh, he was originally planned to only do the first round before Leo Machitsky joined in. Uh, but instead, we do have a second car. Um, slightly confusingly, uh, both Jack Lemmer and Leo Machitsky are number 63. Um, Alex Buncombe also stood in uh, for Jensen Button uh, with Michael O'Brien, an additional, so that's a third, Team Rocket RJN McLaren in the championship. Now, GT4 entry list uh, does look a bit different, but as we said, that's down to the fact that the top 10 finishes from the previous round uh, got a free pass through, if you like, into this one, and then hot laps for the uh next 10 so again there's a couple of names appearing on there that i don't think were there before but i recognize um and a few different teams turning up as well yeah including one privateer entry so one that wasn't linked to a team which gives me hope of potentially possibly if i'm really really practicing and don't do anything else between now and donington park um, gives me hope of at least making the grid. The fact that Jesus Cecilia, I believe Jesus, uh, could be Jesus, uh, Cecilia, uh, in a KTM crossbow, didn't complete the race, um, doesn't necessarily fill me with as much uh, thrill and joy. So, um, I have a question here, because yeah. I noticed that one of the teams is actually a subreddit. Yes. Um, which I didn't know they had a team, but because I'm in the Reddit. <laughs> um, this is a subreddit for the World Endurance Championship fans group. Yeah. Uh, they also they they not only have a racing team, but they organise racing championships as well. Sim racing championships, not official. Uh, series backed ones but they do have a very large sim racing community well it's it's quite a large community on reddit in terms of reddit anyway um which is possibly why it's sidetracked me because uh or passed me by i should say because when i do get on i'm usually reading news rather than anything else and i do tend to be a bit selective in in what i tend to read (laughs) 
for no reason other than time. So yeah, these these sim racing teams come together as with real world racing teams in a, in, in a number of different ways, uh, and then they're promoted in different ways as well. For example, Zancho Sim Sport became Zancho Rocket Sim Sport when they teamed up with Rocket Motorsports. Uh, so the name changes. Um, BMW Motorsports Sim G2. I don't know what that team name was originally, but of course they're now backed by BMW Motorsport, uh, etc. Um, and yes, there are some sort of pop-up racing series, just like your your pickup game of football at the park or whatever, that develop some bloody good drivers, and they think, hang on, we can have a crack at this um, this professional sim racing thing, and they turn out to be quite good at it. Well, with my experience in the gaming world, not necessarily the sim racing world, that is how a lot of of the gaming stuff goes as well. It's as simple as a group of people get together and go, actually, we're not bad at this. Yeah, you'll have seen it with Ark, you'll have seen it with uh, Counter-Strike and the other games that you play, um, where these guys find out they're, they're actually pretty damn good at this and think we might be able to go competitive. And then when they go competitive, they find out they're actually some of the best out there. And say it goes it goes for anything it doesn't even have to be anything that's so uh, deemed competitive to start with but you know it's it's another outlet and certainly a lot of people have had a lot more time to discover that they have a talent uh that they may not have been aware of over the last year or so so let's move on to the race itself <laughs> this is as opposed to me by the way who thought he had a talent and then found out he didn't during lockdown because i thought i was pretty good at this sim racing thing as well <laughs> well you you had plenty of talents one of which was you know tearing up and down the country behind a truck <laughs> rather than sitting at home and having time to, time to actually practice whilst on furlough or or whatever <laughs> oh you make a very good point and i feel better about myself thank you you're welcome <laughs> Now, do you want to tell everyone about the race? The Snitterton race. First thing to say, they may have sat down and um, they may have sat down and had words uh, with the drivers ahead of the second round, or the drivers may have realised that. Hang on a minute, we looked a bit of a tit at Alton Park because the driving standards were much better. Um, there were still a couple of fairly substantial incidents. But on the whole, it was much, much better. Uh, looked more like a British GT race than a Janetta Juniors one. Okay. Um, this time, James Baldwin uh, took the pole, backed up by uh, Michael O'Brien, if I remember rightly. Um, can't see the qualifying results here. Um, but from the start, I mean, race got away pretty well. And from the start, it was actually a Team Rocket RJN123 for a while um, before um, Alex Buncombe had a, had a bit of an off, uh, decided to go and plough the field off um, Rich's corner between Rich's and, and Wilson, um, which put him down the order. Um, there was still a fair bit of damage uh, imparted, but... So there was a fair bit of damage imparted, but on the whole, it was pretty clean. James Baldwin, as I said, started on pole. Um, and after a little bit of initial sorting out, set to building a gap. Um, 
and that gap uh, built up after the end of the race to a 23-second lead over O'Brien by the end of the race. Um, the, I mean, British GT here, say the Melbourne right-hander, but it is called Wilson, um, is frequently the scene of drama at Snetterton, they say, and that was true. Um, there was a fair few cars being spurted off all over the place uh, as a result of ambitious moves into that corner um at the start but then it kind of settled itself out and we were left with with some properly stunning racing uh the gt3 guys um they've had a bit more time to figure out quite what's going on with this sim, sim racing malarkey um and 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 they were a lot more a lot more on the ball um in gt4 it was pretty damn good. Um, there were a few issues uh, of, of, of bouncing off things or particularly being bounced off of by GT3 cars that were, were, were trying to make progress and thus nerfing cars off. Um, Sam uh, Sam Neary, unfortunately, was one of them, uh, came into contact, if, if I remember rightly, with an Alpine, uh, Agostini, trying to get his way through. Um, but... I mean, we've complained uh, quite significantly throughout last season that the TV coverage doesn't cover GT4. And part of that is because GT3 is so good. We had the opposite problem with Snetterton in that GT4 was so good, you didn't see actually that much of GT3. Um, uh, I mean, the big thing here, the, the, the chap that was involved in the lead battle all the way through from the start. Um, yeah, the chap that was involved with the battle straight away from the start uh, was the uh, chap called George Boothby. Now, we didn't discuss that name in our discussion of Alton Park because he wasn't there. No, and he was one of the ones that I noticed had appeared and did recognise. Yeah, well, George Boothby was uh, racing the Slide Max Motorworks Aston Martin. Um, and, I mean, he was in the battle from the start. Uh, when the pit, pit window came round, um, he was battling with McIntyre for, uh, from the uh, Sancho Rocket uh, Porsche, uh, pitted, pitted early. Um, uh, did 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 Boothby, uh, which which gave him the lead of the race, and he pulled away quite quite well, uh, finishing a good uh, five seconds clear of McIntyre, who was battling with uh, Nils Nyox in the in the black BMW. Um, now this battle went on hammer and tongs from the minute they came out the pits through to the final lap of the race with McIntyre behind the BMW doing everything he could to get past and Nyox just placing the BMW despite the fact it was carrying ballast as a result of its performance from the, from the previous round, placing it perfectly every time to make it so that so that McIntyre couldn't get through. This was until the, the penultimate lap or the final lap. Um, yeah, the final lap, 
GT3 traffic finally offered the chance for McIntyre to slip up the inside at um, Corum, uh, between um, Brundle and Corum. Um, so very late on in the lap as well, uh, which decided the result of the GT4 race, the, the, the last two steps of the podium. It does give us a a bit of an interesting situation. I mean, first of all, somebody that qualified via hot lap qualifying rather than being invited into the race has run uh, won the race. The chap that won the race at Alton Park, Luca Burke, had a bit of a race to forget, um, was running last for most of it, uh, failed to score, and therefore if he wants to race at Brands Hatch, we'll need to go through hot lap qualifying again to get into the race. Um, uh, meanwhile, Niox and uh, McIntyre are tied on points uh, as a result of, of, of their finishing positions. Whilst um, Boothby and Burke are also tied on points by virtue of having won a race each and not scored at the pre at the, at the other round, so the, the the championship table looks quite interesting actually. Um, <laughs> other people who were uh, who, who sort of shone a bit, uh, Michael Candoglioglu. Uh, I've just completely marmalized the pronunciation of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh he took fourth place uh for for, for side max in an Alpine. Uh Moritz uh Lerner uh took fifth as well, uh who finished ahead of Igor Orodnikov in the Lada Sport Rosneft KTM. Uh and Chris Hooks. Renwalt and Pro Team Audi, which uh, they're seven manufacturers, seven different manufacturers in the top seven spaces. Uh, only Audi managed to get two manufacturers into the top 10, with Samir Ibrimi uh, taking the, the second uh, Audi in there in eighth place. Uh, Chris McDade got the Team ACR Chevrolet Camaro into ninth, and Ivan Shermatinsky uh, for Gina Lacey Esports Academy with a Mercedes AMG uh, was the final point scorer at Snetterton. It does mean that there are nine different brands that you can use for hot lap qualifying uh, for brands hatch. Of course, you can't, you can't do it in an Audi because there are already two of them in the championship, but there are obviously options there if you wish to qualify. And if you do wish to qualify, hot lap qualifying is currently open. It opened at 8 o'clock on Monday morning, and it's running through until 9 o'clock on Thursday night. And if you visit british.sroesport.com, you can find details of how to register. Hi, I'm Nathan Freak, team owner of Century Motorsport, and you're listening to the British GT Fan Show. Find them across all social media at BGTF Show. So the last thing we've got to talk about today uh, in this episode is that we are giving those of you who are listening um, and, you know, are predominantly our regular listeners, but if you stumbled across us, firstly, welcome. And secondly, you're also getting a bit of news ahead of the time. We are making our announcement of our next guest special episode um, 
on Thursday. No, it's not an April Fool's. Um, but we thought we would uh, get it out in the episode for those who do kindly listen along every episode. Thank you for that. Uh, Nick, would you like to do the honours? I would. Can you find a sound effect of a drum roll to put in? Uh, no, but I could probably make one. Our next guest special episode will be talking to the newly announced Century Motorsport BMW M4 driver, the 2019 Ginetta GT4 Cup champion, Chris Selkeld, one of our one of our new amateurs in the British GT4 category. Now we're really excited to be talking to Chris. Um to find out a bit more about him because as he says on his own website there's a little bit of a interesting story as to how he got into racing uh so we're going to do our best to uncover that um and find out what his plans and his hopes are for the upcoming season so get your questions to us for chris you can do that via any of our social media channels we are at bgtf show on facebook on twitter on instagram you can also f- search for us or for our questions in the various motorsport subreddits or if worse comes to it you can email us bgtf show at racingphotographic.co.uk for now thank you very much for your time uh, we've tried to keep this one short for you uh, we look forward to speaking to you again in april when we're getting pretty close to motorsport starting up again So that wraps up this episode of the British GT Fan Show. Don't forget to check out our most recent guest special episode featuring Scott Malvin, which was so jam-packed with good stuff that we actually had to put two episodes out, which is also available through all good podcast providers and our social media. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure you keep up to date with the British GT Fan Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the British GT Fan Show. Remember, the show's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, redistributed or used in any other form without permission. For more information about this, please visit our website, www.bgtfshow.co.uk or contact us via our social media, at bgtfshow. British GT Fan Show is a Storm Vixen Creative and RPS-driven media production. To find out more, visit our website at www.bgtfshow.co.uk.